0: enter into Yeah, the last one before Winter Retreat. We're also concluding our series that we've been going through under construction. And I've been super excited about this topic. Um, It's going to be on bearing fruit. Um, Not sure if that's something that you're familiar with or not. Um, I feel like it's something that I had kind of heard when I was your age, but not really something that anyone had really explained. And I feel like it's been super cool to walk through this and see how it can be applied to our life. And so we're going to be studying a passage from John, um, and a little bit from the Fruit of the Spirit passage in Galatians 5. Um, and they're both heavily tied to God's design and his desire for our character, which is a big part of what this series has tried to be all about, is things that we can develop in our character to bring God glory and to be closer to his design. And so I'm going to pray for us before we do anything else. Um, and if you'll just, yeah, be quiet and enter and, and into prayer with me. Dear Jesus, um, thank you so much, God, for this night. Um, thank you, Lord, just for the beauty of fellowship and getting to um, study your word and learn from it, God. It is a gift and a blessing to our life. And I just pray that um, your words would be what I speak, um, that your spirit would help us to learn what um, you're putting on our hearts, and yeah, that we can learn what it means to bear fruit and bear much fruit for your name. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Damn it. Sweet. Yeah. So, like I said, guys, Um, we're going to be in John 15. Um, And we're going to see this long-term vision of fruitfulness that Jesus is sharing with his disciples in this passage. Um, Jesus is walking with them and preparing them for a transition that they're about to have as he leaves them and he'll soon be crucified and he'll resurrect on the third day and ultimately ascend to heaven where he will leave them for the time being, and leave all of us. And so this passage is teaching how the disciples and all of humanity will need to continue to be fruitful even when Jesus is no longer physically here with us or was with them. And we'll learn how the gift of the Spirit can produce fruit in our lives. And so I'm going to start off by reading John 15. We're going to do verses 1 through 11, and they will be on the screen that you can follow along with me. But it says, starting in verse 1, that I am the true vine... If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And so, yeah, as I said, this passage is just such a beautiful story of God's design for our life and specifically the call that he gives us um, to bear fruit. And there's numerous places that God talks about bearing fruit, Um, But we're just going to focus in on this one for tonight. Um, And yeah, I love this topic because I think it's essentially the gospel at work in our life. Bearing fruit is how we live out the gospel and how ultimately others see the gospel in us. And so the big idea that we'll be learning from tonight is that the fruit of our faith tells the story of our faith, that how we bear fruit tells what our faith is like and tells others about who Jesus is. And so in learning what it means to bear fruit, we're going to kind of go through three main points from this passage, and it's that believing leads to abiding, and abiding leads to bearing fruit. Believing leads to abiding, and abiding leads to bearing fruit. And so we're going to start off diving into believing, Yeah, in order to bear any fruit, we have to first believe, and I feel like it's so important to touch on this. Um, Verse 1 of our passage says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Simply putting that Jesus is the one and true God. He is our true vine. And so in order to bear fruit, we must believe that truth. We must believe the gospel. And so I want to just take a minute to explain what the gospel is. Um, Sometimes we all need reminders of that, but maybe you're in this room and you've never heard the gospel. And so the gospel is this, that um, all of humanity are sinful people that have been torn apart from a loving God by our sin, and we are in need of restoration, that God offered himself in the form of a man named Jesus to offer us this restoration. And he came to earth and he lived a sinless life and yet ended up dying for our sins and was resurrected three days later. And after this resurrection, he ultimately rose to be with God the Father in heaven again and proclaims that he will come back again. And the gospel tells us That when we believe in this, we're no longer bound by our sin, but we're made new and alive in Christ. Meaning that the old life of sin and shame that we might have had, we get to leave it behind and now pursue a life of faithful service to the Lord. And in it, he offers us peace. He offers us hope and love through our faith. And I think one of the most amazing parts of the gospel is that God offers this to us before we ever want it. Like he has loved us before we ever started pursuing him. Whether we knew him or not, he has been chasing after us. I feel like the Bible is the greatest love story that's ever been told and that we messed up and we chose sin and God spends the rest of the book chasing after us and chasing after humanity to restore us and bring us back to him. And I love how our passage goes on to tell of this restoration. In verse 3 it says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, that we're forgiven and clean and redeemed by the living word, which is Jesus and his gospel. And sometimes even when we do believe the gospel, we have doubts, right? We all have doubts at some point. I've had doubts. Our pastors have had doubts. The people around us, our leaders have had doubts. You're not alone in them. And honestly, God wants to hear them. It's not something to be ashamed of. And we can simply ask God, if we don't know if we're doubting, too, to, to search our hearts and help us to know any area of unbelief and that he would help us to learn and understand what his word says about them. And so I would say to you guys tonight that if you have any doubts or if if you just don't know if you believe the gospel, talk to your small group leader about it tonight, or if you don't feel comfortable talking about it in the group, ask to talk to somebody in a different setting. Um, But yeah, the gospel is so good, and we we want you guys to, to experience the freedom and the peace that it comes with it. And experiencing that, as we'll learn tonight, um, helps us in order to bear fruit, um, that belief leads to abiding and that abiding leads to bearing fruit for his name. And so we'll go on to learn what abiding means from our passage, um, that when we choose to believe, God will lead us and change our hearts to desire to abide with him. I love um, the commentary writer Wiersbe. He defines this type of abiding as this. That abiding means to keep fellowship with Christ so that his life can work in and through us to produce fruit. And then when we look back at our passage, John 15, we see that this word abide is written numerous times throughout the entire chapter that we didn't fully read. um, It's actually written 11 times. And so basically any author that does this in the Bible, when they do that um, repetition, it means to pay attention. It's really important. Um, And when we continue in this passage, too, we read in verse 4, it says just time and time again, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so it it talks about abiding and it gives us this imagery to help us understand it of the vine and the branches, that God is the vine and we are his branches. And this is a similar comparison to um, the head of the church and we're the body of Christ and Jesus is our head and we are his body, that Jesus is our shepherd and we are his sheep, um, that when we follow him or when we abide in him, that we get offered the same protection and provision that a shepherd gives his sheep. And it's a loving and living and lasting union, just like um, a branch in a tree is a, is a living um, union. It's not something that is dead, Um, And when a branch is strongly fixed on its vine, it is also not easily removed. The binding love that God gives us when we abide in him is hard to break when we're in the world, that there's so many pressures around us, but when we are abiding in him, we can stay fixed on him. It's out of this love that flows our commitment to his commands as well and his ways over our own ways and desires. Worsby goes on to say that because we love him, we keep his commands. And as we keep his commands, we abide in his love and experience it in a deeper way. And so similarly, when we're fixed on Jesus and his purposes and desires, we will not be easily shaken by the ways of the world. But if we try to go and do our own thing, we will become brittle and weak um, like a dead vine. It says in verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, but for apart from me, you can do nothing. When we're apart from God, we cannot produce anything, no fruits, no good thing. And we ultimately deceive ourselves if we believe that we don't need God's help. When we try to be in control, we try to take it ourselves. And um, yeah, the sooner that we discover we're his branches and just our weakness, the better we can relate to the Lord and confess our need for him and be strengthened by him. And so I love practicals, and um, in just preparing this, when I looked at abiding and what, what that really means, um, I came up with this um, kind of list. It's not to include all things. There's definitely more things of abiding, but um, some ideas can be worship or meditation on God's word, confessing our sins, obeying God's commands, sacrifice or service. And these things are all done out of the love and belief that we have for him, and I think it's awesome to do just remind ourselves that, like, this abiding takes time. It's not something that has to happen instantly. Um, it takes consistency. And so we can kind of see where we're at. Um, we can tell um, when we're abiding by these four things that, um, that kind of came through the passage, that we produce fruit. We experience the Lord's pruning. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about pruning means um, so that we can bear more fruit. We experience a deepening love for Christ and other believers, and we experience joy. And so in starting at that top one, bearing fruit, um, that's the last of the three. And so we're going to see how Jesus will, in fact, bear fruit in and through us while we believe and as we abide, as we've just learned, Um, and that it really can only happen when those two other things, like I said, have happened. Um, They lead to each other. Um, And by the Spirit, it is made possible to bear fruit. And this fruit is often an outpouring, too, of our thanksgiving to the Lord. If we truly believe and know what he has done for us, then we often grow a desire to bear fruit and live in light of his his love and mercy towards others. Um, And so, like I said, an important step in bearing fruit that I wanted to mention is pruning Um, John 15 talks about this a little bit and so I'll read verses one through two Um, it says I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit and so pruning um, if you've never heard of it is this process um, that is often used in gardening and it's like taking away some of the parts of the plant in order to spur more growth. Um, My mom, she grew an avocado tree for a while, did not last because it's not meant for this climate. (laughs) Um, But at one point when it had grown a certain height, the instructions said to cut it in half because it then would grow double of what it already was. And so pruning sometimes includes cutting away something that's good, but it can also mean cutting away something that is bad, something that's not bearing fruit, something that is impeding us From living in light of God's design. But we are often really quick to avoid and forget and not want to deal with the pruning process in our life. Um, And so this passage talks about the vine dresser that is Jesus and and God um, and how he will um, seek to cut dead and poisonous things in our life um, that are not helping us thrive and, and love others and and live in His design, and this is not a super fun thing. This is basically a fancy way of saying eliminating sin. Pruning is is eliminating sin and anything that's dis- distracting or destroying um, our relationship with others or our relationship with Him. And it's not fun to recognize these sin struggles. It's not fun to put the work into stopping it. Um, it's hard. It's time consuming. And it often requires that we tell other people about it, too, and we don't like that. We don't like other people to know what we struggle with sometimes. Um, but God ultimately says that this is, this is for our good, and it's for his glory. Um, and he desires this, um, and, and he says it numerous times, but I'm going to read Galatians 5, 24. Um, and it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When we belong to him, we crucify our flesh, our sin, um, and any other desires that um, are taking us away from bearing fruit. Um, Yeah, and he knows that this is going to lead to our our joy and God's glory, Um, and it talks about this in, in verses 8 through 11 of our passage. It says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. By this abiding in his love and bearing fruit, our Father is glorified, and we receive joy. And in thinking about, um, yeah, this in my own life, I was reminded of just something in my life that I feel like God has been um, pruning for his glory and for his joy and that's my anxiety Um, and I chose that because I think a lot of people relate to that as well. Um, I was having a conversation with Brett about this this week that like if you had told me that this would be my job like five years ago I would have probably ran and hid somewhere and never come out because I had so much anxiety and I still struggle with it but God has been pruning me and he's been working on it And he's been helping me to see that my anxiety was honestly really holding me back from from loving others as much as I could, from being present with people, um, from experiencing his love for me and then being able to share that with others. um, That it was giving me so much shame and fear that it would cripple me from going places, from speaking to people, from thinking I would say the wrong thing. And again, it's not like it's all gone away. Um, but over time, he's been pruning this in me, and I can stand before people now. And am I a little nervous? Sure. But I, I don't have the anxiety like I used to. Um, and it's really awesome to just see the transformation that God has had in my life and that I hope that he can have in your life um, in pruning something that, um, that yeah, maybe, maybe needs it in your life. So in thinking of bearing fruit in all of our lives, though, um, I do think it's important to make the distinction that we can seek to bear fruit for our own desires, um, that if we're really honest with ourself, um, we sometimes just want to please others or even like look good by doing good works um, rather than simply desiring to bear fruit to honor God. And we can kind of know this difference by checking our heart to see if if we're inwardly proud um, when we do something, or if we're pleased when people give us compliments, or if we're simply focusing on Jesus and we're not conscious of ourselves, there's a difference between whether we're focusing on how we feel and, and how good it's making us feel to do something versus just doing it and being excited and happy to be there and doing it for the Lord. And so in all of it, we have to remember that as branches too, we're not eating the fruit. We're making it to feed others. We're making it to bring beauty and majesty to the Lord. And so in thinking of how we can be bearing fruits, one of the ways that I think we can also check to see um, if we're doing this and looking at ourselves is is having others tell us what they see in us, if they see the fruit of the Spirit in us um, or other fruits Um, And I love the fruit of the Spirit in particular, though, because as we've been talking about in this series, it's it's about our character, and it's about characteristics of our Christian character that can bring glory to God. And so this is also in Galatians 5, but it's verse 22, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And again, this is not an exhaustive list of what bearing fruits looks like, but it gives us a picture for character. It gives us a picture of, of what it can look like when we bear fruit. And I love that Paul begins with love because really all fruits, whether they're in that list or or other fruits, they spawn from love as we've been talking about. Love for God leads us to loving others. And it's because of the love that we feel joy. And when we have love and joy in our hearts, we also experience peace. and, And the trend just continues down the line for all spiritual fruits. Apart from the love of God and his vine, we can do nothing. The Holy Spirit is the the weapon that we can have to help us to give us this freedom from sin and self and enable us to overcome the flesh and bear fruit. And so, as we've been saying and thinking about this time, the fruit of our faith will tell the story of our faith. How we bear fruit will tell the story of Yeah, what faith is working in our life. And people will notice when we have fruit. The more countercultural our acts are, our fruit is, the more curious people are going to be about why and what we're doing. Um, And so we get to tell not only the story of our faith, the story of him in Jesus. And so to conclude, um, before we go to small group, I have some questions. These are not all written in the small group questions, um, but just kind of ones that I thought thought of um, and that God felt like he was speaking to me um, just for some reflection. Feel free to take a picture of them if you'd like. Um, But yeah, there are questions with each of these three areas that we've talked about. And so for believing, we can ask ourselves, like I said, do I believe in the gospel? And if not, what hesitations do I have? And if I do believe in the gospel, do I desire to commune and abide in the Lord regularly? For abiding, we can ask, what am I doing to abide with the Lord or what might I desire to do more of to abide with the Lord. And for bearing fruit, we can ask, how do I or others see fruit in my life? How might I need pruning to bear more fruit? And so like I said, we'll have some more time to get into some of these in small group, but let me pray and then we can go and have some some fruitful conversation. Shh. Jesus, thank you so much for your word and um, just for the gift of salvation in you and what that means to our life, um, that we get to experience your love and we get to share it with others. I pray, God, that you will help teach us, that you will um, help grow us. And I pray all of this. Amen. Amen.